Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and on to the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. As has been the case for nearly all 31 episodes so far, we have Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis with me, rolling into another great adventure. Thanks for having me, Dean. Uh, Have you ever met someone who, like, shouldn't be here? Like, maybe they shouldn't be here at all? Like, they should have passed away, they should have died at some point? Um, We're going to share an incredible story with you of just such a man. And, uh, and I'll also talk about how sometimes knowing too much about someone or something can be a problem. And we'll, we'll talk about that in this week's episode of Dean's Thoughts. So, hey, listen, I've spent time in my truck over the past couple of days. You know, Debbie and I went to the Mayo Clinic, and mm-hmm. we, we listen to these true crime, true crime podcasts. You ever listen to one of those? No, you were telling me about that yesterday, so I, I haven't. And so I'm trying to wrap my head around the concept. So is it, are they true stories or are they fiction? They're, they're actual cases. And the ones that we've listened to have all been like cold cases mm-hmm. where something happened. And then this case, there's nobody, either, either nobody solved the case or in the case of one that we were listening to, somebody was, it, it appears that they were um, convicted uh, falsely. That uh, they missed some things in evidence, or there were things admitted that shouldn't have been, or it's just it's like investigative journalism. So it's kind of like CSI or yeah. Law and Order on the on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, it's That's fun. Interesting. It's no, fun. I've never, I've never, I don't. It's I don't fun. I can wrap my head around that. <laughs> well, you know, last week we had a trivia question, mm-hmm. and that trivia question was. In the early 70s, someone used a kitchen appliance to create a new type of sole out of rubber. Who was it, and what was the kitchen appliance that was used? Hmm. Now, did you know the answer to that one? I did. You knew the Yeah, because I've seen several documentaries on um, Steve Prefontaine. Um, so I knew the, the background of that, but isn't that just a testament to American ingenuity? It really is, yeah. Um, well, I, I guess you need to give the answer. Yeah, well, the answer is Bill Bowerman. Bill Bowerman was one of the founders of Nike, uh-huh. um, and this is kind of the genesis of, of the founding of Nike was, was him playing around with these shoes and trying to, trying to learn some things. What he was trying to do was he was trying to create a shoe that was, uh, you know, back then spike shoes were pretty much all they ran in. Well, spike shoes were really rough on tracks. Mm-hmm. Tracks then weren't as resilient as they are today, and it would tear up that track, and you'd find that lane one would have almost a gully in it where they continued to run in that lane one so much. And so he wanted to find a way to do less damage to the track, and so he thought, well, it's some kind of a rubber sole with, with these little knobbies on it. And so he's watching his wife fix breakfast one morning. And while he's watching her prepare breakfast and she's got this waffle iron out he looks at that waffle iron and thinks hmm what if you turn that thing upside down and you had these little knobby things on the on the outside mm-hmm. and what what would that look like on a, on a shoe and so that is how he took he went downstairs got the ingredients to make urethane and poured urethane into his wife's waffle iron and that is how the first Nike shoes were made. First of all, you wonder how that conversation went over in his house. You know, honey, I, I ruined your waffle iron. But also, I, and I didn't know this until I saw one of the documentaries and, and learned about this, what, what he did with the waffle iron. Most people assume that Nike probably got their start in basketball or football or, or one of the, the big sports, but it, it didn't. It, it you got to start with running. With running, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's just incredible. And I heard that here a while back, um, not too long ago, they found that actual waffle iron. They did find that waffle iron, apparently in, in his backyard somewhere. Now, I don't know if that was buried, if it was on a pile of junk. I don't know where they found it, but they found it in his backyard. And uh, it is now in some kind of Nike archives in Portland. Yeah, I American Pickers would have had a field day with that one. Wouldn't they? That yeah. would be worth a to lot. Find, to find the piece of equipment that started... Nike, yeah, that would be really started the running shoe. Period. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because those were really the first running shoe. There were there were some other running shoes, but they weren't very good. 
And this was a big technology. Yeah, and I don't know if this is just Hollywood, but in the movies that I've watched uh, about Prefontaine, it kind of indicates that they only lasted like one race. Yeah, they didn't last um, very long. And they were kind of hand-sewn together, and, you know, they just fell apart after the first race. So if that's the case, then technology's definitely come a long way. Even though there's some shoes out there nowadays, um, some of these flats that, they only last, you know, a couple hundred miles they're or not des- even that much. Yeah, they're designed that way. Yeah. yeah. I remember I had a pair of shoes that Nike made one time. They were something, the Fly, I think. And they were designed to last 100 kilometers, so 60 miles. 60 miles. That's how long they were designed to last. And uh, they were racing cheap. shoes. And they weighed like four ounces. I mean, they were like nothing to them. And uh, I loved those shoes. But unfortunately, they only last. See, I can't see you because you're a cheapskate too. We're both cheapskates. They weren't, so I, they weren't super expensive. Really? Yeah. But still, they only lasted 60 miles. Yeah. <laughs> well, in races, though, I've never worn— Well, that's wor- true. You, if you just race in them. I've never worn a pair of racing shoes out. I mean, those those yeah, I did true. because they didn't last very long. But I, other than that, I've got a pair of racing shoes right now I've had for 10 years. Hmm. I mean, because it's— Yeah, that's true. But you just don't wear them out. You don't wear them for that many miles. So are we going to talk about—I want to go ahead and get this out there. We have a guest in the room right now. He's sitting over there with a mask looking at us. This is actually the second time we've recorded this podcast. It is the second time. Um, so we were here yesterday, and we recorded the podcast. It's kind of a production that we do on Thursdays usually. And uh, we were on our way back to the house, and we get a call saying something happened to the audio file, which happens. Happens. It happens. Yeah. It's the first time it's happened to us. So Jared's in the studio with us today. He's actually been on the podcast. He has. But he's sitting here making sure that things go right, things get recorded today. And, uh, man, I just – the things that J Radio does for Run For God, it's just incredible. So thanks for being here, Jared. He's giving us a thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, we're so thankful for what they do because, I mean, it would have been easy for for J103 to have said, you know what, Uh, it didn't work out. Sorry. We'll just (laughs) have to – We'll catch up next week. Yeah. Uh, but they they were able to get us back in here to to, yeah. to get going again. So. so thanks to J Radio and J103. Absolutely. Hey, we'll have another trivia question at the end of this podcast, so stay tuned so you can hear that, that question because I am sure that that question will be equally as intriguing as this one was. Sure. So how about that London Marathon? Yeah, you know, uh, probably the greatest thing about that was Sarah Hall. Golly, that was so uh, I was highly disappointed that, that Kipchoge and, and Becca Lay didn't have a a battle rumba at the finish line, but I don't I don't think anybody really saw Sarah doing what she did. No. Uh, in 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 a in a commanding way. As as commanding as she did it. That that last hundred meter sprint was that was impressive. I don't know what her pace was on that last hundred or two hundred meters, but it was fast. It was fast. It was fast. And yeah, and not not only not only that but um, I, I don't know if you watched the rest of the race. I watched the I got up early. I got up at two thirty in the morning, so See, I could watch I the entire race. Period. I mean, I watched it from start to finish, and I, I don't know exactly what place she was in, but I think halfway she was like ninth, mm-hmm. and then she was eighth, and then she was seventh. And you just watched her during this race, just methodically move through the pack. And every time I saw her, it looked like she was killing herself. Mm-hmm. Like she was just hammering. It's like she is not going to make it to the finish like that. Well, she did. <laughs> and then to pass, I don't know the lady's name that she passed right there at the, the end, but she's she's the world champ. That's right. And yeah. Sarah just, I say passing with authority. You know, we yeah. talk to the kids about when you when you go to pass somebody, don't just ease by them. You need to pass them with authority so that you, you provide that intimidation factor. And man, did she do that. I mean, <laughs> to go by the world champion – that fast, yeah, and there was no response. No, no, no response. There was at nothing all. left there. And uh, and she made up th- this this course was a one point two mile course, and it was la- it was it was a bunch of laps. Right. So, with one lap left to go, one point two miles left to go, she was forty seconds behind. I mean, that's forever in the in the marathoning in any world in in the professional 5K, racing scene. That's for I mean. Any race, 40 seconds is just, just too much to make up. Right. And I thought, well, you know, she gave it a good run. She's still going to be on the podium. That's great. And then we, it came down toward the finish. I was like, wow, there she is. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, they rounded the curve. You don't really you, – you saw the world champ come around the curve, and you think, oh, she's, she's going to be second. And then here comes Sarah just 
almost i mean it looked like a dead sprint it yeah. was a dead sprint yeah geez. and uh for her to be the first american since 2006 to be on the podium at, at london and the funny thing was the the person that come up to interview her after the race like they always do said how does it feel to be the first american since 2006 she said i had no idea yeah i had no idea that i was that was even the case so yeah it's just uh yeah it's a great great story of um you know and she she hasn't always been in the marathon she's kind of come in yeah to the marathon she was a i think a middle distance runner before and uh she's just slowly and quietly um made her way up the ranks so it's yeah. gonna be real exciting to see what comes which brings up another another argument we talked about this yesterday you know it's kind of disappointing that the olympic trials and the olympic team is set yeah because you know now the olympics have been pushed off well in the running world obviously from from sarah's standpoint everything's changed and yeah. but the team is set so you know we're in we're in a strange year and that just makes it even stranger yeah um, it does and, and unfortunately i i had a problem with the way that the uh, Olympic trials marathon was set up to begin with. Now, I love the idea that it was in Atlanta because it was so close to our home. But the downside of that was that that, that course was hilly. Right. And the Olympics are in Tokyo. Right. And Tokyo is, is just flat. Yeah. And so this idea that we're going to qualify folks to run a fast race with a big, with a really hilly race didn't make a lot of logical sense to me. Yeah, I've always thought that the idea behind Olympic qualifier is to as closely mirror the olympic whatever it is yeah as you can and mm -hmm. uh so yeah people people think big cities are flat but atlanta's not if you've ever run the peachtree road race which is my only experience running in atlanta it's it's not it's very hilly yeah i mean big hills yeah in downtown atlanta um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch her uh her going forward because and and the fact that that was her pr at 37 37 years of age yeah. um it's just uh that's fantastic it's gonna be fun to watch she has worked hard the other side of that race was the men that uh that race was equally as exciting it wasn't as exciting because it wasn't sarah hall mm -hmm. or ryan hall or, mm -hmm. or, or or an american that was that was leading the charge but the race was really exciting it came down to a a sprint finish as well and you i mean 100 meters from the finish you still weren't sure who was going to win yeah uh, once i heard that kipchoge wasn't in the top five i i didn't even t i didn't watch any of the men's race <laughs> um so because i mean you know they had kind of built it up that bekelay and kipchoge might have this we even talked about it on the last podcast that, yeah. that they might have this battle rumba and you know could somebody slip below the the world record or or the two-hour barrier you know that they kind of built it up yeah and it was kind of a letdown for me and yeah, it was. It was to watch him kind of fade off the back. But then I thought, you know, it's the first time he's lost since 2013. This is a big deal to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Kipchoge, I heard some, uh, I heard a podcast, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, and they were talking about, so who's the greatest marathoner? I'm like, seriously, we're going to mm -hmm. have that discussion because right. he loses one race right. in, in seven years. I don't think we have that discussion yet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Kipchoge is still, in my opinion, he's the GOAT. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There was another controversy. I don't know if you know about Sarah's shoes. But, um, you know, there was there's all this controversy around shoes. We've talked about it on this podcast before about mm -hmm. how Nike came out with this new shoe, and and in in hindsight, we look back and we realize that Adidas probably did it first, mm -hmm. um, and came out with this new foam, and then Nike improved upon that, and so everybody's running in these shoes, and all these world records are being set in these shoes, and um, there's clearly a link between performance and these shoes, but at some point in time, the Halls had said they really didn't like the new shoe technology because um, you know it, it was it was changing the way the sport was done and. Anyway, Sarah wore those shoes, though. Mm -hmm. uh, she had not done it up until then. Um, and so there was, although, uh, here's my thing is, they came out with a ruling, and they decided that here's the rules, mm -hmm. and these shoes were within the rules. And so um, I think they finally decided, well, you know, if everybody's doing it, and it's a rule, and, it's, and we're within the guidelines, then we, we got to get every competitive advantage we can. Well, and I think when the the vapor flyer, the fly knit, or whatever the the shoes that Kipchoge wore, 
in the sub two hour marathon. You know that that's what kind of kicked all this controversy off. And I think I think everybody had a knee jerk reaction at that time. Yep. You know, I was bring on the technology. You were kind of on the other side. You were like, ah, this is kind of going a little bit too far. But we've we've put a little time between us and that, and realized, you know, yes, we talked about this the other day. Yes, it's happened super fast. You know, the shoe technology has made great advancements in a short period of time. But if you really look back, there's been a lot of technology advancements that have helped the sport of running. It's just been over a longer period of time. We talked yeah. about cinder tracks versus the tracks of today. Yeah, big difference. Big, big difference. Mm. But we're not jumping up and down about that, and it's just because it happened over a period of time. And I think now that we've put a little bit of time between – you know, it's been, what, a year now, almost exactly a year since Kipchoge broke that two-hour marathon, kind of cooler heads have prevailed. You know, they've put some rules in place to kind of throttle that a little bit. But I think everybody's coming to the realization that technology is going to continue to advance. Yeah, um, and it should. It should, and world records are going to continue to get broken. Um, so... Yeah, I think, you know, I think Ryan had a, a maybe a knee-jerk reaction when he said what he said back last year. Yeah. Um, he, he definitely woke up the running world with, a I think it was a social media post. Um, but I think even he's probably stepped back and said, okay, you know, yeah. we, we've kind of throttled this now. And and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's what makes it fun to watch. It is fun. It is. It's really fun. And those shoes are more commercially available now. And so, you know, I can go out and buy a pair, basically, of something similar. Sure. to what these folks are wearing and so that that i think that makes you feel a little bit better about yeah. that technology too so hey we have run club exclusives out there we have things that um, are only available to run club members and one of those things is training plans we have the training plans that we have are different than anybody else's training plans because they're built in a specific way and that way is first of all you have the 5k plan which is basically it's the 5k um, challenge plan mm-hmm. and that's the first plan so it gets you to that 5k the 10k plan is built upon that plan and is designed to progressively move you from okay i've completed a 5k mm-hmm. and now i want to do my first 10k and then the half marathon plan same thing it's i've done a 10k now i want to complete my first half marathon and so those plans are specifically designed that way um, and so that's available to run club folks it's not available to anybody else and so right. um you know, uh, take advantage of that if if that's something that you want to do and progress to that next level. It's a good good place to start that. So. And not only that, but you have a sounding board for these training plans. You know, just as of this recording, just last night we had our first Zoom meeting, which unfortunately I, I wasn't there for ninety percent of it. I, I had something come up in my household that I wasn't able to be there for a lot of it. But I've seen the post this morning. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool to see. Not only a lot of faces that I did know, but there were faces on there I didn't know. You were telling me on the drive up here, we found out that there's a 2.30 marathoner yeah. that was on there last night. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, going forward, I think maybe we talk about doing some more of that. We've, yeah. We're going to bounce that around. But, but, yeah, I mean, there's an outlet for people to ask questions, which is the most important thing. You know, it's great to have a training plan, but if you don't have somebody to really help you break that down, which – people need from time to time um we have that now yep. you've got to be a member to to be on those zoom calls um but yeah it's uh it was a lot of fun and you can also send those questions to dean at runforgod.com um if you've got other if you got specific questions that you want to want to answer i'll answer as many of those as i can so um so stay in touch um now we're sponsored by Jay. We've already talked about Jay Jay Radio and the the folks here in this wonderful studio and how they help us. Um, the Jay Radio app is is out there. If you haven't downloaded that yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. You need to do that. Um, there are several playlists on there. My playlist, Lane's playlist, Holly's playlist. Yours isn't there yet. It's mm-hmm. going to be there soon. Um, so lots of run for God connections there in the Jay Radio platform, and we call it the world's greatest digital music platform. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. 
One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. Hey, don't forget that we would love to hear your story. We're all about stories at Run For God, and we want to hear yours. And you can submit those stories at runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com. We want to hear what you're about and how how God has changed your life through the sport of running. So share your story with us. Wait until you hear the story we have to share this morning. It is one incredible story. Um, I spent about an hour and a half on the phone with this guy because I read this story and there just weren't enough details in it, as you'll see. And there's so many. You'll have a thousand questions about this after after hearing this. But um, it's a it's a great story. So listen to this one. It's from a guy by the name of Todd O.C. Shoemaker. O.C. stands for overcomer. <laughs> um, he's from Jupiter, Florida. And the, the story is called The Man Who Wouldn't Die. He starts out by saying, Hello, I pray everyone is doing well. I wanted to share a little of my story with you. For 17 and a half years, I dealt with multiple life-threatening health issues. On more than one occasion, I was given less than 24 hours to live. I went from being a marathon runner to having a hard time getting out of a chair. I lost the ability to eat and talk. I was down to 112 pounds and living off a feeding tube. In April of 2019, my medical team shared that after so many years of being sick, my body was shutting down. They would be surprised if I made it through the year. And that was not the first time the doctors had shared that with my wife and I. We were both at peace because we knew I was in a win-win situation. Either Jesus would heal me here on earth or I would experience complete healing in heaven. I was excited about both options. I'm always the optimist. Since I had to give up running back in 2009, I have bought a pair of new running shoes every year. I wanted to be ready when Jesus healed me. On November 3, 2019, my wife and I attended a healing and prayer encounter close to our home in Jupiter, Florida. I went with great expectations that some of my friends that desperately needed healing would receive it that night. Little did I know, Jesus wanted to heal me that night. Several people prayed over me that night, and I experienced complete healing. For the first time in almost four years, I had an appetite. I ate solid foods for the first time in three and a half years that very night. For almost four years, I had been using a voice amplifier to help me speak. That night, Jesus restored my voice completely. If that was not enough of a miracle, on December 1st, 2019, I ran for the first time in ten and a half years. At the start of 2020, I felt God calling me to run 500 miles this year. As of this morning, which was 8-3 at this printing, I am only 50 miles from hitting 500 miles. Jesus is so good. My medical team cannot explain it. But I know Jesus did a beautiful miracle in my life on 11-3-19. I pray my story brings you encouragement. Never stop believing in your miracle, even if it takes almost 18 years. I pray your week is filled with amazing moments and God's blessings. Is that crazy? It's almost unbelievable. Yep. Um, you know, I, I got online and, and I, I did a little digging on Todd. And, um, I mean, he's been on new shows down in Jupiter. Um, he's got a book out. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's the story. It's a true miracle. And, and you may ask, you know, do I believe if miracles still happen? Absolutely. Well, here it is. I do. I think the sad part is that nowadays so many miracles are um, explained away. Maybe yeah. it's the right word for it. Of 
Um, either they're just unexplained, you know, they're coincidence, which we always <laughs> say there is no coincidence, or it's the miracles of modern medicine. Yeah. Um, and I love it. It sounds like his doctors are, are one, some of the doctors that I love. I love it when doctors say, we have no idea how that happened. I don't know. Um, usually those doctors are believers. Yeah. And they they chalk it up to, it's a miracle. We've seen this. I mean, there's been a lot of doctors come to know Christ through their practice. Yeah. Because they see the intricacies they understand better than anybody this wasn't a big accident this wasn't a big explosion there's intelligent design behind the body and sometimes as intelligent as they are they can't explain what has happened and that that points back to a creator um so i love it when doctors come out and say we don't know it's just a miracle that can't be explained um i love todd's attitude of he's going to be healed Either he's going to be healed here on earth or he's going to have a brand new body with Christ. And he's all for either way. Um, That is just a true picture of faith in Jesus Christ and what his word says. You know, I think during this time of COVID, it's become, uh, at least to me, there's a certain percentage of the population that's become very obvious of there are people at peace with Jesus Christ and there are people who are not at peace with Jesus Christ. And I think you see it because of the fear that's out there with this disease. I I personally know a gentleman um, who, except for just a handful of times, I can count him on one hand, has been out of his house since this whole Corona thing started. And it's because he's terrified. Mm. He's not a believer. Um, And that's, that's so sad that You know, is the coronavirus deadly? Yes. Should we take precautions? Yes. Should we be terrified and living in fear? No. No. Um, And I think that for those of us who believe, we're not fearful. We're sitting in this studio with other people around us. I was at a church service this past Wednesday night, which was awesome, by the way, to finally come back together was with our youth group um but we we've said it over and over fear is not from god peace is from god and i think that even during during this time when society says there is no peace you need to be afraid that if if you put your faith and trust in jesus christ you will have peace Mm -hmm. and but it's our choice to accept it that's right and uh, so yeah i mean this story of todd is just it's almost unbelievable but it's incredible it's a great story and and as mitchell mentioned he has a book and that book is called the blessed overcomer i am sure that you can google it and there are so many more details as i said i spent an hour and a half on the phone with this fellow and there's a there's a ton of stuff i mean in an hour and a half he told me several incredible stories that's every every one of them connected to this story Mm -hmm. is just as incredible as what i just read and you need to hear that so the blessed overcomer is the book it's interesting when they did this book he said that we would only publish this book under two conditions and one of those conditions was i had to make this book under a caregiver's perspective in other words he wanted this through his wife's eyes and not through his eyes because he felt like that was important. He, he feels like that the caregiver is often neglected and overlooked mm-hmm. in a lot of these cases. And I agree with that. We often don't think about the people who have to take care of somebody mm-hmm. who's going through a tough time. We're always thinking about the person who's going through a tough time. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, but there is a second side of that. And he wanted to make sure that was, that was really clear. So that's why the book was written that way. But the second thing that he wanted to make sure was in there was he wanted to make sure that they were going to allow him to put his phone number and email address in the book, um, which is which is incredible because it, we know we, we would all be scared to do that because we, we you put your phone number or your your email out there and you're just afraid that people are going to do crazy things. Yeah, and uh, he gets one of the interesting things about this illness that he has had, or the illnesses that he has had, is he has not been able to sleep for years. So he sleeps like an hour and a half, two hours a night, and so he gets he gets emails and he gets phone calls in the middle of the night 
and he answers people's emails right away. You know, somebody will send him an email at two o'clock in the morning and say, you know, I'm having this problem, blah, blah, and they get an, an immediate answer. And people are like, what is this guy doing? And he's, what's he doing up at two o'clock in the morning? Well, he's up at two o'clock in the morning, almost every morning, because that, he can't wow. sleep. Um, so very, very interesting. You know, he, he mentions that he couldn't speak, he couldn't write, he couldn't eat, he couldn't do he needed a speaker, like an amplifier, mm-hmm. to help him be able to be heard from people around him. Right. Um, interestingly, the guy is only 54 years old at this point. He's 54 today, which means it was he was in his mid-30s, late 30s, when all of this started. He was so in the prime. That was prime young. Prime of his life. Young, young, young. Um, and, and the sickness, I know everybody wonders, well, what, what was the sickness? And it was originally diagnosed as arthritis, and arthritis. And it turns out, after treating this arthritis for a period of time, that it turned out that it was cancer and not arthritis, that, that this crazy kind of cancer that mimics arthritis. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what they ultimately found out was the original problem here. And he has had people say to him, why, why don't you go back and sue the doctors who originally diagnosed this improperly? And his attitude is, why would I do that? This is an incredible story where God has healed me, if that didn't happen, maybe we never get to the point we're at today. And it's, it's so wise, um, because our first thing we all want to do is we all want to point fingers and, and lay blame. And he's like, the only, point, only person I want to point fingers to is yeah, Jesus Yeah, I mean, Christ. he gets it. He, he gets it. He, he gets what Paul talks about. He gets what we read about over and over in the Bible, that without pain, without affliction, there is no growth. And the Bible's clear about that. Mm-hmm. You know, this was his cross. And he literally picked it up and carried it every day, more so than you or I can ever imagine. Yeah. Um, but yet there were people out there saying, retaliate. Yeah. Do something about this. And he gets it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish that, I mean, this convicted my heart when yeah. I read it, that I need to be more like Todd. Yeah. Um, because... Honestly, I would probably be upset. Be hard um, not to be bitter. He's in the prime of his life, and he he's going through things that I can't even imagine. I'm not even going to pretend to imagine. Yeah. Um, but we can all learn something from Todd right here. Yeah. He shares some scripture path, passages here, and this first one is it's amazing how it applies to his situation when you look at it. Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, that verse makes me think of, make sure I get this right, Hebrews 11, 1, yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, and I, but I think it's so, when thinking about our walk with Christ, it's so hard to grasp the concept of pain today for reward later. And I don't know why that's so hard to grasp in our walk with Christ, because we grasp it in every other aspect in our life. I mean, we're, we'll run for God. We, we understand the concept of, you, you put your body through pain today for the reward of a race later. I mean, yep. you won the Myrtle Beach Marathon. How many years did it take you to get ready for that marathon? A lot of miles. A lot of, a lot of miles. miles. And it, and it was, and you, you might say, well, it was a 12-week training plan. But it, was, it, was, it started when you were a teenager. That's, that's true. In high school. And so you, you ate right. You trained right. You got slept. You made sacrifices for years for the ability to run a two-hour and 39-minute marathon, yep. which, by the way, is crazy fast. <laughs> At what age? For an old guy. 47. You were 47, yep. and you ran a 239 marathon. We do this with money. You know, we sacrifice a little bit of our paycheck every single week for 40 or 50 years to go into an account called retirement yeah. that will give us some comfort for 20 or 30 years. So so why do we buck the idea of living for Christ for 20, 40, 60, 70 years 
for the opportunity to spend eternity with him. Yeah. And I think we get hung up on the eternity. I think eternity is a word that we can't um, we can't, can't wrap our head around. Yeah, it's it's just... so so how about this? How about we we live for Christ for 40, 50, 60 years for the opportunity to live with Christ for 37 billion years? I like that. 37. I mean put a number with it yeah. because we yeah. do with everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's living with Christ. The, the Bible is explicit mm-hmm. with what that experience is going to be like. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying y'all. I'm saying we, <laughs> I, struggle with that concept. Yeah, we and, all do. But it's, it's, it's like the greatest vacation ever. It's like the greatest retirement ever. It's like running your fastest marathon ever. And times, it never ends. Times <laughs> it never ends. So why can't we grasp that? that um idea and i think todd did yeah, he todd has he definitely has and, and that's you, why i say we can learn so much yeah when you talk to him it's very very evident that that's in the front of his mind at all times i have gotten a couple of text messages from todd since we talked mm-hmm. asking about debbie and how she's doing uh, because that's just that's what he's that's what he's focused on yeah he's focused on on the big picture and just and, so people know debbie's kind of going through some yeah. not quite as extreme but she's she's got see i've been down at the mayo clinic and yeah. you've got some challenges and and uh he more than anybody understands that he does he does and that's why he's trying i mean he feels like god has called him to do that and he has that's yeah. why he's been through all this right. is so he can be a comfort to somebody like debbie and so it's really cool to see and so for somebody to ask him why don't you sue the doctors is probably an insult to him it really is yeah i mean it's like he, that's that's completely discounting what i know to be the case of what's going on yep and so yeah just really cool you know, I think that we miss the eternal because the temporary is so blindingly right in front of us. Those, those temporary things that the Bible talks about are all in our face all the time. And so that, that's what we, we don't look around the, the things that are right in front of us because it's, sure. it's just it's so big in our, our field it's of It's kind of like the pain of a training run. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you can't see that goal race because this hurts yeah. so bad. Yeah. But we know the best athletes get above that. Yeah, that's right. Man, it's just another parallel of. It's just why we've got to stay close to him all the time. Exactly. Another scripture passage, Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's pretty close to Joshua 1.9, my, my favorite verse. Um, I can't imagine the strength that it takes to not fear under the circumstances that he was under. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to think that I could be as strong and, and think as positively and be as close to God. But the truth is, is when I think about it, I think, boy, I had to be so tough. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, I think it's why, you know, we talked about last week, I think, that fear is one of the most popular topics in Scripture. And it's it's because... Um, so many times we we attribute it to, and I'm going to do this in air quotes. It's godly fear. Well, fear is not from God. Yeah. Scripture's explicit on that. Peace is from God, and and that is a choice yeah. that we make. We can either choose to accept peace, or we can choose to live in fear. And it's hard to make that choice, but it's it's the right choice to live in peace and. It makes all the difference when you, you have this focus, this shift in focus like Todd has had. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure there were dark moments that he had, but one of the things that he said that, that God told him was, and he felt like very specifically said, don't act sick. Right. Don't, don't show on the outside that, that is the way you feel on the inside. And that he was very focused on that um then that god had told him to do that and in hindsight that did two things it showed his obedience mm-hmm. um and his will into because that's got to be hard to to act like you're not sick we've all done that at some point in time mm-hmm. right we've i mean we've all done that but not for 17 and a half years no <laughs> no mean, you know and i can relate to him just a little bit here you know i went through i had cancer when i was 19 and and i'm 
I'm always been an optimist. So even when I was going through chemo, I would I was going to the hospital here in Chattanooga, and and I remember seeing people that they would come in and have the attitude of "Woe is me! I'm dying! I'm sick!" and and guess what happened to a lot of those people? They, they died. Yeah. And I remember, I would not. I I made them put my chemo bag on a roller number one and I, w- I would go walk around outside because i would work when i was i was 19 years old i was young in my career and and i would work and and he understood and i think many people understand now that your attitude toward any situation will have an effect on the outcome of that situation yeah and yeah, yeah. there there again he's just i love this story and it's so important that you can go back and you can look at his story and you can see how he handled adversity through the whole thing because mm-hmm. it's such a, it's a such a great picture of the way we are all to handle adversity. If if he hadn't handled it that way and didn't have that testimony, then it would be a still be an incredible story, but be a little less of a story. Right. And so uh, it was an important thing. Another scripture passage, Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there's conditions in that verse, right, that we know that all things work. You know, we, we, all we like to focus on is that all things work together f- for good. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say all good things work together. That's right. For the good of those who love them, uh, who love God. It says all things, yep. good and bad. I mean, let's, let's take Todd here. From an earthly perspective, how bad has Todd had it? Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Yeah. Um, but God is using his story to touch and encourage lives all around the world. I mean, like I said, I've seen news stories. I went I went and Googled him. All you got to do is Google him, and you're going to see some of these stories and interviews of, of him talking and, and giving all the credit to God. Um, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. With with our sphere of influence, um, I've seen, like I said, news stories, the book. Um, so God has taken a situation that from an earthly perspective is just about as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. 17 and a half years of chronic pain and disease. That's about as bad as it gets. Yeah. But Todd is saying, no, I wouldn't change anything. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you ask him, maybe you did. I did, yeah. He wouldn't change anything. Nope. And usually with this type of story, you see that. They wouldn't change anything yeah and uh that's a can just learn so much here i have i mean it's convicted my heart yeah yeah question how can jesus use your current storm to help others of course we we addressed that question recently Mm -hmm. on another podcast um and certainly there are certainly things and we we know god uses all the i mean look what he used here Mm-hmm. He's used things in your life. He's used things in my life that we thought were negative. Um, and, and I think it's important that we do ask that. He asked that question specifically. He says, what, what, what are you going through currently? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think it's important that we do that, that we ask, God, what are you doing in this situation that I'm going through right now that's tough? This is hard. What are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. I've told this story before, and I don't think I've done it on the podcast, but I've told this story. And this is a much, obviously a much more minor thing. But I had run every day mm-hmm. for five and a half years. And to make a long story short, I forgot to run one day. <laughs> I know, crazy, right? I just forgot. I had time. It's just, that old age creeping in again. I just forgot. <laughs> well, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. And the first thing that ran through my mind was, I didn't run yesterday. So my thought was, well, if I get up right now and I run, I haven't really gotten up for the day, and so maybe I can still count it as yesterday. (laughs) But I knew that wasn't honest, and I couldn't do that. And then my next thought was, um, what else can I do? How can can I I make this? this? How can I fix it, right? (laughs) But I realized it's four hours past time to fix it. There's nothing that I can do. And so my next thought was, and this was straight from God, my next thought was, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And you know what he told me in that situation? Because I was devastated for about two minutes. I was like, I can't believe that I was that stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I was just so mad at myself. And, and I thought, okay, God, what, what is it? What are you trying to tell me? 
And what God told me was, he said, oftentimes you worry about being consumed with running, that running is so important to you that it's more important to you than I am. Mm -hmm. This is my way of telling you, if you can forget to run one day, clearly you're not that obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was such a peaceful thing. Yeah. But it was asking the question in the moment. What, what God are you trying to teach me here? And he very clearly gave me an answer as soon as I asked it. And it was so comforting. But your, your initial knee-jerk response is most often our knee-jerk response. How can I fix this? That's right. I have to do this. That's right. And, uh, yeah, usually it's right there, right then, when if we'll just stop and ask exactly what you ask, we'll get a very clear answer. Yeah. But too many times we try to steamroll the situation and, and fix, and, and we'll more times than not make a much bigger mess <laughs> than, than what we're already in. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So another question, can Jesus use our time in the valley to reveal his purpose for my life? Uh, obviously, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's often at our very lowest point where God reveals some of the biggest things to us. Yeah, I've heard it said, I forget even who said it. We, I need to attribute this to somebody, but it's our biggest breakthroughs are many times preceded by our lowest valleys. Yeah. And um, it's because a lot of times God will bring us there right before some kind of breakthrough to let us know we can't take credit for that because we were trying everything when we were getting in that valley to get out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden something will happen that, we can't explain, um, just like Todd here. I mean, yeah. Todd, in one service, pretty much had his health restored. Yeah. Um, no doctor can take credit for that. Todd can't take credit for that. All of his, um, all of the things that he could attribute to getting better were gone at that point. Yeah. And then and only then, his health is restored. Yeah. And. God does that a lot, and I think that's why, I think that's why Paul said, "I I rejoice in my affliction because even though Paul was in jail, he was beat. He he knew, and he wasn't even talking about many times here on earth. He knows what lays ahead in glory. Yeah. Um, he he got it. Yeah, and we just need to get it." Yeah, one of the interesting things in talking with Todd that, that he told me was that he he said he, he was talking with God one day, and he said, now, God, he said, I want to ask you a question. Now, you don't have to answer it, as, <laughs> which I think is funny. because God that sounds, needs permission. That sounds like something that I would <laughs> yeah. ask, right? God, is it okay if I, yeah. So he, he, but he says, you know, um, you don't have to answer me, but this is what I want to know. Why 17 and a half years? Why did it take that long? And he said very clearly, the answer came back to him that because if it was any less than that, somebody else could take credit for it. Mm. And this needed to be, everybody needed to understand that this was, this was a miracle. And they were basically telling him to get his affairs in order. They were. That your body's shutting down. Go home. That's, yeah, everything's yeah. gone at that point. Right, right. And, uh, and so God ha- has to be the answer. And so it's, again, getting to that lowest point before bringing us up to the highest point, sure. the pinnacle. One last question. There is a difference between living and thriving. Which one will you choose? There again, he uses the word choose. I like the, I like the last part of that question. Which yeah. one will you choose? Yeah. Um, we, we have this thought or this attitude that things just happen to us life happens to us um it's not the case we have yeah. a choice every day when we wake up are we going to live we're we going to get by we're just going to go with the flow are we going to thrive and that's hard that's hard for me it's hard on certain days to get up and and choose to thrive but with God's power, we can. You know who I think about when I think about this? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Joseph. I don't think the story of Joseph gets nearly enough credit 
for how spectacular that story is. But it's a lot like what Todd was going through. It it was one barrier after another that was thrown up at him that that were not fair. They were not fair. It, Joseph was not treated fair. His brothers threw him in a pit and left him for dead. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets accused of something he didn't do. Matter of fact, he was very anti that thing that he was accused of doing, which we, we see that today. In, in the news, we see people accused of things that, anyway, that's off the, off the subject. But I love this whole idea of Joseph was focused on thriving. Joseph was focused on what can I do for God to, if it's in jail, then that's fine. But back up just a second. Let's let's finish that story on down because it's 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 hitting me right now that Joseph's story is is Todd's story. Yeah, he was beaten. He was thrown in a pit, left for dead. He was pulled out of the pit. He was sold into slavery. He was accused of something he didn't do. He was thrown in jail under was it the king? Was it a king? Pharaoh. Or, yeah, Pharaoh. Yeah, King Pharaoh. And. Usually that's where people die. Right. They're they're in the king's prison. You're not getting out of there. Todd was told to go home and prepare to die. Yeah. Both stories. That's where God showed up. Yeah. And you know, you start looking but that's why I say 20 times that's 2020. You start looking back at some of the greatest God moments in your life, in my life, it's at our lowest. It's at our lowest of lows is where God steps in. I'm just getting goosebumps talking yeah. about it because it's so it's so clear that we need to rejoice on the way down because redemption is coming. Yeah. Now, are there cases where redemption happens here on earth? No. I mean, yes, there are cases, but redemption is not an earthly thing. Right. It's it's a spiritual thing. It's outside this world, and back to that eternity thing. Incredible. Thirty-seven billion years. Thirty-seven billion years <laughs> is how long we're going to spend with Jesus, plus yeah. some. I love this idea that he bought running shoes every year. Yeah, just expecting that he was going to be healed. And I think about that in the context of Joseph. You remember in the story of Joseph where he tells the uh, the cupbearer, mm-hmm. right? The cupbearer gets out or something. I can't remember exactly the the who the characters in in this particular issue was but he tells him don't forget about me make sure you tell and he forgets about and he him. forgets about <laughs> him right yeah and, yeah and You're so like you had one job yeah bear. That's, that's that's all you want yeah. let pharaoh know i told you this one thing and he doesn't do it and so uh but joseph never said just just like in todd's case todd never said why in the world he finally asked the question why but he asked it in a different way it wasn't a woe is me, why did you make me go through all this? It was really, I want to understand why. And while he was going in it, he didn't ask that question. The same thing goes for Joseph. Joseph was in this situation. Instead of going, getting mad and going, God, why? Couldn't you just help him remember? Just put something in his path to help him remember? That's not what he did. He took the credit for this. I I got ripped off here. I need to sue him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But he he didn't. Didn't do that. I didn't. That's right. That's right. So I digress. What was interesting about this story about his shoes, too, is that he he decided that when it was finally time that he was going to run, he was going to go out and he was going to buy a new pair of shoes um, again. And so he goes out to buy this new pair of shoes. And in his mind, he's thinking, I want something that really honors God. I want something that's really spectacular. That I, And he's thinking, I need a pair of gold running shoes. I wonder if anything like that exists. And so he's going to the store with that in mind. And as he goes to the store and he's walking in the store. He thinks to himself, well, that's not right. And mm-hmm. God kind of jerks him around a little bit and says, now, if you wear shoes that are flashy, that takes the focus off of me and puts that focus on you or the shoes. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and he goes to the clerk and he says, I'll take a pair of black and gray shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which are hard to find out. Yeah, they are. Um, it's, not, it's not about you. How often do we worry? I mean, that's the world is consumed with it's all about me right so and i also a couple other things about him and that that i think are interesting is um he spent 150 to 200 days a year in the hospital during that 17 years 
Can you imagine spending that much time in the hospital and being that close to death over and over again? Just This is the most amazing thing, though. He hasn't been in the hospital for a single day since this healing in a year. So 2020, for the rest of us, is just the mark of a horrible year. It's the greatest year ever for Todd. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I spent... When my dad got in bad shape, I spent a couple weeks on and off in the hospital with him. I can't imagine 150 to 200 days for one year, much less 17 years. Yeah, no kidding. Um, We... (laughs) I think we just need to get Todd on here. We need to get Todd on here. Yeah, yeah. Can, you yeah. think you can set that up? Maybe get him on the podcast and the Facebook Live with yeah. him? Yeah, he's already agreed to do the Facebook Live thing, so we'll plan to have him on Maybe a Thursday Maybe we can twist night. his arm to get him on the podcast, too, because I think there's so many things we can talk about here. There's so oh. many directions I would like to take, but we'll be here. We'll be here for three hours. No question. Yep, yep. Yeah, we're sorry if we're taking too long and you're getting bored with this story. Surely you can't be getting bored with this story. Right. But if you are, we're so sorry. Uh, <laughs> he told me about the specific the specifics of when he was healed. I want him to tell that story himself. Yeah, um, I cannot do it justice, and I would like for him to tell you that story and a, and a story about an Uber driver that mm. was really fascinating. And so you don't want to miss that. So hopefully we'll get him on that Thursday night. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and, let's uh, do that. And we'll make sure that you get a chance to hear some of that story for yourself. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It, it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. Okay, so we are back and we have decided that since this episode has become so long, Todd's story is so amazing, isn't it? We could go for another two hours. I'm sure that we could. Um, but we we do, this, you wouldn't believe, but just sitting here talking does take a little bit of energy, doesn't it? It's, it's not that easy. It just, does, and we want to respect everybody's time. We do, we do. And so we want to make sure that, um, that we're, we're efficient. And so we're going to split this episode into two episodes. It's an executive decision on the fly. You're hearing it happen right now. Right now, (laughs) even as we talk. So let's talk about a new trivia question, right? Mm Because we got to have a trivia question. We promised you a trivia question. Should we tell them what they're going to get first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so let's do that. We've got the the trucker hats that are famous. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up. It is our uh, Run for God trucker hats. This one just happens to be lime green. Uh-oh, Irene. Irene's going to be doing backflips right now because everything she owns is lime green. So <laughs> if she's watching, Irene, you better be on your fast on your Google That's to right. find out what the answer to this is. But number one, you have to be a Run Club member to win. So all you have to be is a Run Club member and just be the first one to email dean at runforgod.com with the answer to this week's trivia question. And Miss Gay... In our offices, we'll send this right on to you. All right. So here is the trivia question. There was a famous run and famous author of a running book, running related book, that died in the 1970s. At the time, it was the most popular running book ever published. It had sold over a million copies, which back then was a huge, huge deal. 19, 1977. Who was it? What was he doing when he died? Because he was doing something when he died. And what was the name of the book? To every question you've asked so far, I've known the answer. But I have no clue on this one. Aha. Uh-huh. This one I, is strictly free running geeks. Cause I, I have this book. Do you really? I do, yes. Yeah, so. I ha- I'll have to go look this up. Yeah. Or ask you once we hit the stop button <laughs> what the answer is. <laughs> So here, why is running so awesome? Well, this week, this is why running is so awesome. 
it makes you like mirrors more, right? <laughs> because being fit makes you feel better for two reasons. You feel better and you look better. Now, I remember we had this, this guy who used to do these diet thing, and he, he had this diet it's called Shibboleth. Shibboleth. I'm not sure exactly. I've heard the, that pronounced 10 different ways. Yeah, it's pronounced a lot of different ways. But anyway, it's a biblical word, right? And yeah. it's and uh, this guy was, was a good Christian guy, but he said something. Um, anytime that he would get, you know how we gather everybody together to run for God yeah. for the 5K challenge? We ask, why are you here? Yeah. Well, he does the same thing in his this diet thing that he's got. And he asks the question, and then he says, I know why you're all here. You're all here because you want to look good naked. <laughs> Yeah, this really thick accent. That's just wrong. <laughs> but it's funny you said the five K challenge. You know, the very first class I had yeah. in two thousand ten, we asked that question, Why are you here? And I think the third answer the third answer ever given to that question, because every instructor asked that question, but the third answer to that question was a guy in my class, he said, I just want to look good in a speedo. Well, there you go. So and so yeah, there's something to that. We just want yeah. That running does that about for how us. How godly too. that answer is. Uh, yeah, well. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our motivational thought of the week. Uh, when you arise in the morning, think of what a privilege it is to be alive, to think, to enjoy, to love. Yeah, that comes from Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor. Um, even Roman emperors could say some good things, huh? Yeah, and, and before we start getting emails, um, because we used to get this quite a bit, I don't know anything about Marcus Aurelius. Aurelius. Um, so don't don't email us and say, I can't believe you're associating with that guy. He did whatever. You know, used to, we would put posts on the Run for God social media, and it would just be quotes. And I didn't care who the quote was from. If it's a good quote, it's a good quote, right? Yeah. You would think. But I, we would attribute it. I mean, we would put quotes up from people that I really didn't know who they were, and people would email say, I can't believe Run for God's associating themselves with blah, blah, whatever the name was. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not associating. I'm just. It was a great quote, and we just got <laughs> like hate mail for a while. And so finally I made the decision, we're not going to put any quotes up unless it's Billy Graham or Jesus. <laughs> And so before you email me, email me, we know I don't know anything about this Marcus guy, but it is a great quote. It is a great quote. And my understanding is now Roman emperors, obviously, all of them had some, you know, Roman. Rome was, you know, had some things going on there, but there were some good emperors and there's some, some bad emperors. And he falls under the good side. Okay. I, I did read that about him that much. I didn't read much more than that. But he's not but, Billy Graham or Jesus. But he is not Billy Graham or Jesus, and we want so, to go on record as saying that. Exactly. It's very important for people to understand. Marcus Aurelius is not Billy Graham. Or Does Jesus. not equal Billy Graham right. or Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things about this is is that we, it is, we often overlook the fact that we just get up every morning. Mm -hmm. The idea, and I, I like to use the phrase, if I'm perpendicular to the ground, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. And so um, it is good to recognize that it's good just to wake up the next day. But, you know, in this COVID time, sometimes you hear people go like uh, there was a there's a race situation that that we're involved in. It's a cross country race. And I'm not real thrilled with the way that it's all playing out. And it's all due to this COVID stuff is mm -hmm. the reason why it's like it is. And it's a little frustrating. And I, hear, I heard the meat director say, well, at least we get to race. And that drives me crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, it is good. We should be racing. We should be racing. That's what we should be doing. Anyway. We'll stop right there. Uh, yeah, we'll stop right there. Um, yeah. So, hey, listen, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, broadcast. We hope that you have um, already gone to the YouTube page. You've gone to the podcast. You've already subscribed. You're already a part of this. If you haven't done that, you need to do that right now. Mm -hmm. If you haven't sent in a review, you need to do that. You need to type out a review. My, my understanding is, with these algorithms and all these crazy things that things go on, if you type in reviews and actually not just give us a star rating, but type it in, that that also helps us. On the podcast. On the podcast. So help us get recognized. The more people that know about Run for God, the bigger our sphere of influence, then the more people that hear about Jesus. And that's what it's all about, right? Sure. So get out there and do that. And understand that Run Club, if you're not a part of Run Club, there's a lot of stuff out there. 
There's 130 videos or more than 130 videos that we have out there in the archives right now that people have access to through Run Club, and nobody else has access to those. Well, maybe a few of them, but not most of them. So, yeah. um, Facebook group that's second to none. There's just a ton of things out there. So, join Run Club if you haven't done that, um, and and do all the things like we say. All the things. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.